He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. It was just something we we never, ever considered compromising on. Like, in fact, we kind of overcompensated because beforehand we would 100% check people in in person. You're meeting them. They know that you're there. Your boots on the ground. You're actually there. The lobby is precious. It's adorable. It's comfortable. You can vibe with these people. People often just stick around to talk and ask questions just because like they're just enjoying the people so much and this, the service right there and how passionate everybody is about the 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 food and the drink and the attractions and everything. So like genuine conversations happening in our office. And then two, when you see this person and you're you know you're gonna be talking to them on the phone and you know that they're in town to fix your problems, if you're at the cabin and you have an issue, you've had that experience with them already, you call them and you speak to them more respectfully. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to do Dynamic Duo sponsorship placements for our partners, and the best Dynamic Duos I could put together for you are our first one of Hostfully and Minute. Now, you probably heard our Minute with Minute segment with Nathan Smith over at Minute. If I could say Minute a thousand times, then I will. But basically, if you are using Hostfully's property management platform, then you can go to their integration marketplace and turn on your integration with Minute. So that way, everything is operating seamlessly in your hub to run your business without any issues and headaches. It just is so nice to have proper integration partners together. And I couldn't be more thankful for these two partnering with us on the podcast. So make sure you check out the show notes because we have special offers just for you from both companies, Hostfully and Minute, because you're a listener of the podcast and they love taking care of our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes. And of course, like always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Now, back to the episode. Lauren Madewell, my friend, how are you doing today? So good to see your face. It's so good to see your face, Will. I, I'm I'm doing I'm doing good today. I'm I'm the happiest today I've I've been so far. I've been looking forward to this. I got my coffee ready to go. I got my Nalgene ready to go. You and I have already had some banter. Wished we were smoking it up together. But hey, <laughs> rain check. <laughs> wish we wish we were already in person. January Joe Rogan styling this podcast, but, but hey, <laughs> that day will come. That day will come. Our listeners, just an FYI, make sure when that episode does go out, you watch the YouTube version. It'll be way funnier. But I'll give you a lot of context inside of the audio. But this episode has been in the making for a while. I've been dying to get you on the podcast just because of the voice that you have in the industry, the brand you've been creating around your content, around what you guys are doing and the Smokies. So like, I'm just excited to talk to you. You've become a good friend to just lots of banter over LinkedIn, which for all those who are on LinkedIn, what are you doing? Get on LinkedIn. It's so much fun. Anyways, I want to know just from our conversations, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty caught up where you are today, 
but I don't know how you got here. And I would love to know where does it all begin for Lauren? Oh, such a story. Honest, honestly, <laughs> little, little drama involved. So 2009 was when my family uh, inherited Annie Bellum's cabin rentals. 2009, I was in college, I think my third, second or third year of college to be an air traffic controller. I was getting my degree in air traffic management in Georgia when my dad got a call that his cousin had passed away. And then shortly after that, he got another call that she had, she had left 51% of the business to him in the will, this, this cabin rental business. And he was like a top dog at a rubber manufacturing plant all over the country and has uh, plants throughout the world. And so this was nothing he was used to, but he knew she wanted her people taken care of. So he was coming to Tennessee and spending all of his time here, making sure the business affairs were taken care of, the people were taken care of, and just trying to figure out what, what to do with the business. And he pretty quickly fell in love with it and the people and just being here in the mountains. And he had a home to stay in. So he, I don't remember how, how long it took him, maybe a year, I think less than two years for him to quit his other job and just do this full time. So he moved to Tennessee permanently. My mom stayed in Georgia so that myself and my sister, we could, we had scholarships, see, see out our, our scholarships. And then it might have been three weeks after I graduated college where I just packed up and moved to Tennessee to be with my dad. I still had plans to be an air traffic controller, but you do have to take like some government tests for that. And I just had no interest in these government tests whatsoever. There was one test in particular I knew I wouldn't be able to pass. So I had to get my stuff together for that. But I fell in love with the area, the people, the, the business. And so I told dad, I was like, I'm so sorry I wasted all this time and money in college, but like, I don't, I don't want to do air traffic controllers. And he was like, that's cool, babe. I just want you to be happy. So he was happy to have me right, you know, right beside him and did that. And, and then since then, like I said, he inherited 51%. Since then, he's bought out the rest. So he's full owner now. And I'm at succession plan, me and my sister, because my sister's been with us for a year. She did air traffic controlling in Puerto Rico and in Vermont. And so did her husband. And they left it all behind to move to Tennessee so that she could be with Auntie Bellums. And he's, he's just trying out all sorts of things to get his footing here. So he actually works for like a local furniture shop. He's building beautiful wood furniture for our cabins and stuff. And Seem, and he seems to like it. But that's how we got to Tennessee. That's how we've got Annie Bellum's cabin rentals. We've had it for what, 14 years now? Is that the math? Yeah. Wow. Been in our family for 14 years now. Yep. Wow. You have such a, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say basically been there since the beginning. There was like one sabbatical that I, like 11, 10 years ago, maybe, where I was just like, you know what, dad? Like, I'm young. I'm creative. I'm independent. Like, I got to spread my wings, man. I don't know if this is it for me. So it was like, oh, okay, babe, whatever makes you happy. And so I traveled for like six months, like backpacked Europe. Wow. But, or no, was it Europe? Was it, was it the West Coast? Backpacked something for a while. And then just, I'm a writer. I love to write. So then I just spent, you know, time devoted to writing, which is something I'll probably never get to do again. Not like that. And bartended for six months as well and just put a lot of money in my bank account through bartending. But man, that wears the heart out. That wears the mind out. It wears the body out. So like I only lasted six months bartending. If you knew the situation I was working at, it would, it would explain itself. But and I just woke up one day and I was just like, what am I doing? Like 
I love Auntie Bellum's, the company. I love hospitality. I love those people. Why would I not want to spend five days a week in that environment? And so just kind of grew up and turn a corner. <laughs> I think we all have that moment. We're like, I'm a peacock, dad. You got to let me fly. Let me spread my wings, mm. and, you know, go above and beyond. But it's so true, though, when you know, I think when you get to experience something pretty special like that, your whole family getting to get involved and sounds like you're pretty close with your your dad and your sister and brother-in-law. So it's like, yeah, I think your heart was probably ready to just like, okay, I needed to see. I just need to show myself that I can go out mm -hmm. and try this. But I know where I want to go back. And I I don't I don't need any more of this. Which I think happens to a lot of people. We all just kind of need to see what's happening outside the wall most mm -hmm. of the time. Just like, okay. There's no oh, yeah. I've heard so many people in this industry say they left and then the hospitality industry and then and then they came back. Yeah, I hear it from from online on LinkedIn. Again, what are you doing if you're not on LinkedIn? That was such a game changer for me. So you do get to see like there's an outside, right? Like there there's more beyond wow. antebellums. You know, getting to be a part of such a cool environment, I would be curious to know because it sounds like you're more on the creative side. Mm -hmm. So how did that start to where, like when you're for your first day, Hey, all right, I'm back. You had your six month period, I think around a six month period to take time off to then where you are today. How has your role evolved? I know you've been involved a lot. And then I want to touch on something around your content, your LinkedIn content, your TikTok content, like all your content is hilarious. I fucking love it. So <laughs> I just think it's, it's so good. And I want to talk to you about it. But anyways, from Back from sabbatical to today, how much has your role changed and what do you think has really changed with the business with being so family oriented and such a core part of the business? Mm. So my role has changed drastically and I, I pretty much just been changing it myself. So when I came back from sabbatical, it was reservations for a while. And I would say up until, up until, gosh, December 2021, I was just like, in the shit, you know, like just working, just head down working. It was December 2021 was when I went to the Women's Summit, Amy Hynotes Women's Summit in New Orleans. I was not on uh, LinkedIn at the time. I, I'd never, I was not plugged in. I was not involved at all. I'd never made a video or anything. And it was then they were like, Lauren, you need LinkedIn. I'm, it's crazy that you're not on there. And then just mm -hmm. from there and then posted my first video maybe a couple months later. And I was like, oh my God, people love videos. This is great. But uh, yeah, I started off in reservations for a while. I couldn't do that, that repetition, uh, day in, day out repetition. I could, I could not handle it. So I was always looking for a project, something to fix, something to do, something to, to sink my teeth into and take my time with. You know, on a bad day, I was challenging old policies, old procedures and old norms, which I, you know, I was, pissing off piss, pissing off some of my managers they they love me now we worked through that but i i just kind of started coming into my own where i would say you know why don't we do this and the response would just be well that's that's not how we do things why they they didn't know why okay well, then why wouldn't we try this new way they they didn't have anything for that just simply change so like i've just been ushering my teams through change for years. They love me for it and they hate me for it. So, so I pretty quickly, like my dad realized how restless that I was in reservations and that like, 
I needed a better role to be able to like challenge, challenge people and help us grow. I I needed a role that would accommodate that so that they could maybe respect it a little bit more. I don't know. Things can be complicated when, when there's family, you know what I'm saying? And then people who have been here longer than the family too. So it was tricky, but everybody did know we did everything with a good heart. We were looking out for their best interests, the guests' best interests, homeowners' best interests. I always saw my dad operating that way. And it it was easy for me to pick up, like, what's the most fruitful result? It's just always something that I focused on, whether or not I had the words for that or not. Like, what's going to be the most fruitful? And so when they saw that in me, that's when they kind of learned to just trust, A, whatever idea Lauren's got. Let's just roll with it. It'll it'll end up being good. And so I went from reservations to like, I think he was just calling me junior manager for a while. So he would just take me around town, have me on more phone calls, pass things off to me. Eventually, after maybe a couple year or two of that, he was having me take over all like hopeful homeowner, potential homeowner phone calls. So I was doing that in 2019, maybe before the pandemic. And then things just got crazy during that time. So once again, like head down, just in the shit working and working with potential homeowners before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic was just the biggest sloppiest slap in the face ever. Like, I just can't believe how quickly the game changed in a matter of months and what those conversations were like and what working with those real estate agents was like. I mean, it was so hard and so brutal. And uh, oh, to this to this day, I'm just exhausted thinking about it, like fingers going <laughs> to the temples, like calming myself down, just thinking about it. So that's what that's what Mallory's taking off my plate right now. And I I was I was doing I was largely working with onboarding potential homeowners and doing all like in-house owner communication for the past four-ish years. But over the past two, I've I I've really worked within my teams to let them know, like, I want your team, your department to be the best it could ever be. What does that look like to you? Here's what it looks like to me. Let's spend the year doing it. So 2022, I spent not embedded, but embedded in reservations, improving that department, the systems, the processes, the platforms, the technologies, the just the communication with the guest, being proactive and and servicing the guests and helping them on their vacation, constantly tinkering with text message templates, email templates to make them personable and relevant, and just constantly tweaking to get response and feedback to learn from these guests and what they want and need during their trips and what they expect. And and, and then, too, working on as much as guest satisfaction, I spent 22 largely working on employee satisfaction because, like, it just... It, it was a light bulb moment for me. Like, if I want these guests to have the most incredible customer service experience ever, like genuinely impressive, and they will remember us because that customer service experience was just like something you just don't ever experience anymore. If I wanted that, it it had to been be sincere. Like, mm. it, I couldn't have a fake it till you make it. I couldn't have scripts. It had to have been sincere. So the only way to do that was to make sure that my employees just felt secure here, happy here, looked after, that they were having a good time, that they knew that they could socialize, you know, mm-hmm. like become friends, socialize, have a good time. I don't expect you to be on 100% of the time. Like 
90% of the time, 85% of the time. Other than that, talk, get close to one another. Like I, I put board games in the office because I, I don't want them on their phones. Like that was a change that they hated, but they understood. No <laughs> being on your phones at the desk. Go to the bathroom, go outside, step away, but don't be on your phone at your desk because whatever you're experiencing on your phone, when you answer that phone call, you're going to transfer that voice, that vibe, that energy. And more often than not, you're probably going to feel annoyed that a phone call interrupted your scrolling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I told him, like, I'm guilty of it, too. So I got like a charging block for back of the house where they could keep their phones, keep them charged, visit them as much as they want. I don't I don't care. But I did. I didn't want. Taking their phones away just from their desk to I didn't want them to think that, like, that meant I wanted them to stay busy all that time. It just meant I want them talking socializing communicating with each other whatever that looks like they started like a book swap program like i said we had board games and stuff uh coloring books trivia just all sorts of stuff and i think that was a little corny to be honest with you a little a little tacky but it was more the gesture than anything you know it was more managing expectations than anything i played jenga more than they with myself i would be joining you right there i probably would never get any work done because of that but Honestly, it's better than better than a pizza party, right? Like I think when you're doing things that change the everyday rather than they're a special occasion that they earned, right? Right. I think that sends a better message than saying like, "Oh, we hit revenue goals and you're not seeing any of the benefit, but here's a pizza." You know, like that type mm -hmm. of approach is so different. I'm I'm curious to know. I have so many questions around your leadership kind of approach and the way you look at your role versus the role of the team and other things. But one of the things I really want to talk to you about actually, you know, you getting to see this environment and this industry pre COVID, you know, the, the new BC and AD, right. Pre COVID and after COVID. So pre COVID you're getting to see how real estate investors are looking at short-term rentals. You're getting to see how homeowners interact and engage with this type of industry to then COVID accelerating our industry five years ahead than where it was so quickly so fast and having all that change you know you said talking about maintaining the service standard how can you have your guests feel you know that they really walked away with such a good experience with you guys that they just like you really truly sincerely made them feel special and i feel during covid even brands like marriott hilton the big names that i know and love failed in that area a lot mm. during COVID. It just went completely downhill, cutting everything. Mm. Employee satisfaction was down the drain. Travel was nuts, but we didn't get service. I, did, I remember checking into a, a Marriott as a gold reward Bonvoy program person and just being like, all right, your room's up the 10th floor, walk up there. There's stuff in the fridge. No one said Mr. Slickers or my name. Like all the standards were out the window. Basically what I'm trying to say. How did you guys maintain the service standard of wowing the guests, especially with all this kind of craziness happening around, you know, how did you carry pre COVID into COVID when it came to your service standards? Well, gosh, it was just something we, we never, ever considered compromising on like in fact we kind of overcompensated because beforehand we would 100% check people in in person you're meeting them they know that you're there your boots on the ground you're actually there the lobby is 
precious. It's adorable. It's comfortable. You can vibe with these people. People often just stick around to talk and ask questions just because like they're just enjoying the people so much and this, the service right there and how passionate everybody is about the 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 food and the drink and the attractions and everything. So like genuine conversations happening in our office. And then two, when you see this person and you're, you know you're going to be talking to them on the phone and you know that they're in town to fix your problems, if you're at the cabin and you have an issue, you've had that experience with them already, you call them and you speak to them more respectfully because you, you, you can relate to them. They're just like you. They're there. You know what I'm saying? And so what, what changed was we had to do 100% virtual check-in. So we were no longer getting to see the, see the people. And very, very quickly, we were like, oh, my God, without that, without that interaction, without feeling them out, them feeling us out, without them knowing that we're boots on the ground, the, the, the quality of communication, the quality of reviews, just the, the, the conditions we were finding our homes in is terrible, like significantly crazier than just a few months before. And so immediately we were like, okay, what do we do to create that trust, build that relationship? What do we do to vibe with them like we would if they were here in person? So that's just kind of when we really started going hard on text messaging and really genuine, sincere, personalized templates that we could then customize or, you know, just going off script and not using a text template whatsoever, but just not relying on emails like mm. text messaging, not relying on phone calls because people don't like to answer their phone on vacation. So the, the, just texting was just such a game changer and being personable with it and using emojis and having a sense of humor in your text message, you know, and just not being afraid to try and make your guests laugh. So. Yeah, it, it was a few months of us realizing that not having that in-person connection was creating more negative circumstances for us. It took us a few months. And then, like I said, we just began to overcompensate. Like, what can we do to make them comfortable and to, like, relate the fact that we're, we're human beings and we deserve to be treated as good as you want to be treated? And so, I mean, we're always, our customer service was always next level. but we buckled down on that to kind of combat negativity. And in doing so, the response was so amazing. It was so successful. Then I was like, well, let's double down on this customer service. Like it's free to be kind and accommodating and proactive and funny. It's free. And the effect that it has on your guests is just out of this world. So now we just, we literally delight and take pleasure in treating each interaction like potentially could be a friend, you know, like just having fun. My girls are just having fun. I want them to have fun with every interaction. That is not the case. There are some people whose minds you can't change, but they go, they know we want them to have fun, loosen up, be casual, just make them comfortable. It's a, a long-winded response, but. I love it. I think yeah, thinking out about that's the best way. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, that realizing like, like, oh, my God, they love this. Let's give them more. Then all of a sudden you're realizing like the monetary value in that. And the and and you. Yeah, you can start quantifying that hospitality. You can start quantifying that kindness. And then when you do, you just expand on that, build on that. So 
Yeah, I was telling you I have so many projects I'm working on. Well, it's just all just aimed at the guest experience and creating repeat guests. So yeah, like I don't know. It just yeah, you you did hear a lot of people really struggle their way through the pandemic. And I mean, we did operationally with maintenance and inspections and housekeeping. Like I do think they were dangerously close to experiencing legitimate burnout. And so the writing on the wall, there was writing on the wall for the 2023 to slow down. And so we were comforting them with that, you know. And so while we were worried about it with bookings and stuff, I got to come, we got to comfort our staff with like 2023 is slowing back down. It's going to go back to the old way. You can get a deep breath. At the same time, January 1st, we offboarded 20 of our most dated problematic properties when the homeowners weren't willing to make changes. So then not only did we have slower bookings going back to historic trends, we just kind of trimmed the fat and made our, our program smaller and more. These were the homeowners we were familiar with, the relationships we were familiar with, and uh, that gave them so much comfort. So they, they just took a big, you know, big breath. They just felt so relieved going into 2023 for a number of reasons. And um, 2023, I was going to dedicate to like how I did it with the reservations department, the maintenance department, inspections, housekeeping, and just revamping that department, embedding myself in there, letting them know that I'm looking out for their best interests. But for the most part, the main, the two maintenance managers, they picked up the gist of what I was laying down. They're changing their own policies. They're changing their own procedures, having meetings, having one-on-ones, working out kinks. And then two, they, it was their first time to catch up because like 2021, 22 was just reacting. It was their first time to catch up. And I saw how busy they were improving properties and catching up on everything and crushing work orders that I really didn't want to step in and, and be like, how can we make this the best department ever? Like, I'm going to give them a year and maybe I'll step in next year in that capacity. But yeah, yeah. it's Especially so trim. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so I, I think if Rhonda heard me say, yeah, no, we've just really enjoyed making improvements through 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 the pandemic. I think she'd be like, yeah, Lauren, no, go go to hell. But you pick up what I'm laying down. Yeah. No, I love it. And especially when you trim the fat, I think like now that just gave your team a better, like you were saying, a curated experience, a more curated experience for your guests. And then you're able to see your maintenance team just crush it because like, oh, I don't have to worry about the 21 problem children that were just the worst to work with and caused yep. most of me to most of my time to be delayed to getting to this stuff. So yep. yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. I love it. Okay. So you talked about it a little bit and this is where I like, I just look forward to logging into LinkedIn every day because of your posts. And I think I even started following you on TikTok because of my late yeah. night aimless scrolling <laughs> habits, but you have some of the funniest content. And I think what you even just said with your whole team and the way you engage with guests and like not being afraid to be using emojis and making your guests laugh and like having a sense of humor is okay. You don't have to be from like my background, like a hi, Mrs. Mad- Madewell. Sorry. Hi, Mrs. Madewell. I'm Will and welcome to this hotel or property and da-da-da, like all proper and uh-huh. together. Having that, you what made you, what inspired you, I guess, mostly on to create your first post that was hilarious and then to go into finding out like what worked and like i'm sure you get plenty of enjoyment from creating these types of content but you're just the only person i really see at least from the 
the property manager side that actually does yeah. out of the box thinking with their content versus a lot of us are guilty as posting a picture of a home. Here's 20% off or a discount code, link in bio, whatever type promos and stuff that we do. And then just like letting that become our social media campaign. You go the opposite route and create hilarious shit. So I would love to know just all the stuff behind it because it's so good. Okay. Well, we, <laughs> we, we actually have no idea what we're doing. We're terrible <laughs> with social media, but my sister and I just share, I think, a great, an, a remarkable sense of humor. I mean, that we haven't made videos of the things, some of the things we'd like to make videos on, but we, each other up spitballing these video ideas some of them are just so ridiculous but what what we're learning is just when we go to post that video and we're like okay we've gotten too weird nope now that's the most popular video so we've just learned that people's obviously senses of humor are just incredible like we all are scrolling <laughs> late at night you know like the the world sense of humor is just so incredible right now and so weird that like oh it can just be it can just be so off the wall and okay so we were having fun posting some videos largely i was posting my first video and the videos i was posting was just about like property management and um kind of making fun of honestly i was making fun of the people with their investment properties because now i wasn't dealing with people on vacation home i was dealing with people with their investment properties and, and they took themselves so seriously and the projections that they would bring to me and they would say, this is what I expect on a yearly basis were just, uh, they were laughable if it wasn't such a serious thing, you know? And then I was trying to call out real estate agents and I was upsetting real estate agents. So then they were just getting so sassy with me and, you know, acting like gatekeepers to, to the information, even though they've never tried to work with the short-term rental company and, 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 a management capacity. But I was catching such a hard time from real estate agents. It's like none of the opinions were based in reality at that point. And I was watching property management companies all over the place just completely slash and compromise on their commissions just to vacuum up all these new people entering the market. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's going to be a nightmare in two years. So I just kind of made a video poking fun on that to see if anybody else related to what I was going through. And they did. And I was blown away because I was like, am I being too intense right now? No, the response was just incredible. So like the first video series was STR realities, like STR realities. And yeah, it was just kind of dark property management humor, like the woes we were going through. And so that kind of phased out into more fun, lighthearted stuff when the market was kind of starting to neutralize and I wasn't hearing from 10 in investors a day. And I had time to, again, just work on employee satisfaction and guest satisfaction. And a part of that was like, well, we should make, we should make videos together. Like, and, and so we would get with the team when we still do. And like, what are some funny video ideas? And yeah, where it started off kind of like traditional, funny advertising and marketing quickly pivoted to just make a video about anything that you want and just throw your logo on at the end. <laughs> and so it's so we were kind of thinking in that in that direction. And it was John Stokinger, Conrad and Margot. And they did a little like Gen Z 
how to market to Gen Z. And they were they were just talking about like what Gen Z they like, they appreciate, they really dig dislike and essentially it was they just like sincerity like they can clock sincerity like this they can clock fake like this and they really distrust traditional advertising because they've just been they've watched the millennials and now themselves as they're getting older get taken advantage of constantly you know and so they're just looking for genuine sincere they're looking for funny funny is what keeps the views longer than just a, a couple of seconds just a few seconds and so I don't know, like it was just, I, you know, I was telling somebody, I was like, I, I make all these videos and I, I kind of want other people to, to, to make videos too. I can't believe that a bunch of other property managers aren't making these videos. Like it's so easy. You got your cell phone, you got, you got the editing on your phone. So, and then somebody was like, it's, it's not, it's not like to have the time to do that, to, to have the creativity to do that, to have the humor, to have the staff who's okay with it and will actually like. No, it's hard. It's hard for these things to come together. So like Elaine and Lancet or Elaine and Lancet Seaside Vacations, they've been doing videos and I just love them for it. I love them for it so much. They're, they're having a blast. I think their employees are having a blast. But again, a bunch of words. We I never started off knowing what I was doing. We still don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to keep up with trends. I haven't I have yet. To, we have yet to do our first TikTok trend. I look forward to it. Uh, but like I'm always I, I look forward to it too like I was always so late with this stuff like it takes me it takes me like two weeks to realize like oh that was a trend that was a trending thing that just happened oh I could have used that and then they're on to something else so like it's literally on in my ideas notebook like just study TikTok I think is exactly <laughs> what it says I don't even know what that what that means but just just goofy we're just we're just having fun if we have the free time for it let's go do make a video and as is we've learned that as much as people like and when i say learned i just mean counting the number of likes and views mm -hmm. we've just learned that people like funny and they like like cabin tours and so mm. we're just kind of focusing on those two things i want to do more videos where i'm recommending local businesses oh, but every that time i go favorite and one. it's my favorite one when you're well, oh when we mispronounced <laughs> everything Mispronounce everything. And then also when you're in the car and you're like promoting the, the cannabis shop and then also your oh, car's all smoky. And <laughs> yeah. that's yes. what got me so pumped. And I, I think I remember I, I immediately messaged you on LinkedIn. I was like, that video was so good. <laughs> it just <laughs> really got me going. I was just pumped. I had a blast making that one. A, oh, an absolute blast. Yeah. It was just a match that I lit. It was like and then like quickly had to to do that before the yeah. smoke went away. I wasn't actually smoking because I was driving around town. But that that they never did join the Pigeon Forge Chamber of Commerce, but I'm not going to let up on them. They're too good. We need to have CVD up in the business plugged in doing this stuff. They the the money they bring in is crazy. The people love it. Like they need to be a part of the chamber because when I go I'll go to these meetings and stuff and the older generation, they don't quite see it how i see it but they're here just like every just like everybody else making our guests happy you know let's yeah. let's professionalize them but but oh yeah just just plugging more um local businesses and stuff like there's a lot of local businesses that i give my guests like exclusive discounts to and i need to write up funny little scripts to spotlight them in a video more than just like this is out in the glades arts and crafts district and blah 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 blah, blah. like i need to yeah. find a way to script it and make it funny 
And I work with those businesses for a reason is because I appreciate and enjoy those owners. And hopefully they'd be up for, I think they'd all be up for something. I just need to, just need to do it. Well, the, yeah. the coolest thing about this whole industry, right, is we're very community relationship oriented. Obviously, we're providing service to guests, but at the end of the day, like we're all about relationships and connecting with humans, right? That's probably why it's so yep. easy for you to, um, I, would, I wouldn't say miss the trends on TikTok, but in order to have like, when you when you have a community like this, and especially now that you're seeing the very serious short-term rental investors and all these other type of kind of characters coming to the industry, I think the hardest part for us sometimes, especially you being super creative the way that you are, in order to be a producer, you have to be a consumer sometimes. And being a consumer, mm -hmm. you have to look at it a different lens, right? So you're mm -hmm. like scrolling through TikTok for like ideas, but then you're not consuming it as if any, you know, millennial or Gen Z is, you know, when they're at night, just chilling, aimlessly it's scrolling. Boring you know so that's probably why you're having a hard time getting these trends but i think if you just consume for the fun of consuming maybe you'll have a trend that will pop up and you can get those get those local businesses on oh that's been my problem is just consuming to enjoy consuming <laughs> not bookmarking or dogging yeah. or any of the good ideas ideas i'm seeing but you put it you kind of put a spin on that in a way that I was like you just saying like maybe not putting myself in the mind of Gen Z and millennials who are just up late at night scrolling mindlessly. Like I'm having fun making the videos I want to see. It's worked out, but yeah, I need to, I don't know. You just gave, you just, you just, you just gave me a thought actually. Well, the one of the craziest ones that for me, I, this is maybe a little bit on the personal side. I've been enjoying the local cannabis shops here in Denver. And there was one night where I was just scrolling through TikTok and I got caught in this realm of just very beautiful looking bakery content, like mm. the craziest, wildest desserts. And then of course I'm hungry. So I'm like scrolling and I can't stop. But like these amazing, like this detail in the way that they're like playing with the dough and shaping the croissant and like all the, and they're, they're putting in the filling and just everything. I just hours of that content, just hours mm. of it. And I was like, they're not doing anything special outside of showing the process of how they make a certain dessert. And the certain yep. dessert looks amazing. And then at the end, they give out this dessert to all these people outside their shop. And I'm like, wow, they advertise to me without ever putting a logo, without ever saying a word. It's just music and them making this crazy dessert and and then giving it away to like people that are just standing outside waiting for this amazing delicious snack and it it just it kind of blew my mind i was like wow i didn't it's so obvious it's not obvious it's right in yeah. front of me but yeah i didn't know i had no clue i was just like that looks great i want that that looks amazing so that's just something i've been thinking about I'm like how can because, you know, I'm in content all day. So, like, how can we insert a, a, an ad without ever making it an ad? You know, like all this stuff. So, anyways, maybe oh, yeah. I can help with your with your TikToks. Oh, I would love that, actually. Have you ever had an idea for one of our videos where you were like, you should pass that on to Lauren and just forgot or never had the time? I don't think so. I'm not that creative. I think my things are funny, and then I, like, make it myself. I'm like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> 
Need to, no. need to, need to save that one. Save that one in drafts. I'm not gonna not gonna publish that. But that's also I have a great team of creatives that help can make that. So if we do have any, I will send them your way because I think there's tons that I just have consumed and haven't thought about forwarding to you. Well, oh, I am yeah. always open to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get that up. All right. So you're trying to grow your portfolio and your property management business, but sometimes owners don't have the best peace of mind when it comes to giving up the keys to their home to an unknown brand or company. And of course, let's be honest. Sometimes we hear the horror stories of guests and the bad guests that stay in vacation rentals and throw parties. Well, safely as you covered, because not only do they screen your guests that are staying, but they also ensure that you are covered from all things such as ill intent, stupidity, aka vacation brain, and other things like pet damage and theft. While doing that, you are able to partner with Vintory and grow your portfolio with their marketing platform that helps ensure that you are attracting the right owners to your rental program and growing your business in the destination that you are in. Or if you're in multiple destinations, that works too. So get the links in the show notes because both companies have special offers. And if you don't use a link, but you end up talking to them, guess what? Just tell them that Will Slicker sent you from Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and they'll get you covered. And you can also let them know that maybe you've heard of them on our platform, hospitality.fm. So of course, like always, make sure you grab the links in the show notes. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now back to the episode okay so we completely just derailed this conversation and so sorry for all the listeners that had to hear all that but i love it i I, i'm a fan i love this conversation something i've been looking forward to so to shift gears i did too i honestly was like oh i'm just talking to lauren about late night edibles and scrolling on tiktok okay so one of the things I think you and I connected very much so on, and this is a little bit more of a serious topic than what we've just been touching on. So for any listeners, sorry for the the extreme shift here. So there was a post a while ago, and forgive me for not having it open again. I don't know where it went, but you basically asked, you start the post by phrasing this question of, hey, everyone, who would you like to see more on stage? Who in the industry isn't on stage enough? Because we see a lot of the same names, faces on podcasts, on conference circuits, all the above. And this, you know, was a post that went deeper into good voices and bad voices and tearing people down versus building people up. And kind of the way that we look at accepting some of that type of behavior, right? The the bully mentality, the not wanting to play with others, calling people out for stupid things on social posts that make no sense. But I guess, you know, they get the engagement and the 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 impressions. Mm-hmm. And you and I, I think, are very aligned on this. But I'll ask you the question first and then we can go into more conversation. Who would you like to see more on stage? Who would you like to see at some conferences or leading a, a certain topic within our industry? Maybe that isn't showcased enough. Okay. I actually wrote down some stuff because I thought you might ask this question Let's and I go. was hoping that you would. So I wrote down a few of a, a few of my ideas and I planned on like writing bullet points to why I made these recommendations. But like I was getting this stuff down at red lights. So so Matt Loney, Matthew Loney with Explory. Is he president or CEO of Explory? I'm not sure. Are you aware of Explory? 
Oh yeah, Matt and I go back okay. to live live res COVID year. You know that's where we met Boise, Idaho. He's such a good one, right? Like a genuinely good dude, and like just a tall glass of knowledge. Like that dude, he has so much to offer. He's always thinking of so much. Like he's always two steps ahead. Every time we talk, he he impresses me, and I see where he's going, and he lays the breadcrumbs for me. I'm just like Matt, man. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> he just inspires me to do various things. And like I've pitched uh, a video idea to for to him. This is before I had the bear costume. I pitched a video idea to him and I was like, I was like, well, explore you buy this bear costume for me. He was like all day, <laughs> all day. He, so I still want to get Explory involved in a video somehow. But he was immediately all about that. But it's 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 a simple no, it's not so simple. He travels all over. He sees all all the markets across the nation, across the world. He's constantly reposting really good articles. And you can see why he's always got so so many good ideas and thinking two steps ahead just because of the articles that he's re- he's reposting, like been there, read that, moving on. So he's he's just got perspective on markets, perspective on so many different sizes of companies the different types of operators, he truly values hospitality and gesture and the guest experience, which like that is the that is the future. It's the has been. It needs to be the future. Airbnb came along and made everybody think they were kind of reinventing the wheel. But like so it it really I feel like it gave us progress and it also stunted progress in a way. Mm -hmm. So it almost seemed like the investment in scaling was like, that's the future of hospitality at one point in time. But now I feel like we're calming down and we're all refocusing on hospitality and the guest experience, the homeowner experience, because Explory caters to the homeowner experience as well. Mm-hmm. Explory is like, let them know about us because that's an advantage to your program signing on with you. So they've got like a little uh, PDF document that I send potential homeowners just about Explory that they've worked up mm-hmm. and given me. But he's just got perspective on so much. Like I said, he's a genuine guy. He's a nice guy. He's smart. He's well-spoken. And I just think there's so much that he could offer us about the future of hospitality and, and help s- sculpt the future in a very positive way. I trust that guy, you know? So, like, he's at all the conferences and stuff. He knows most people. I don't know if I've ever sat in a room and listened to Matt, you know, and I, I would, I would like that he would land anywhere and he's funny too. And he would land anywhere. So like, you know, he's, I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he's a new voice or not, but like, I would like to hear more from, from him. Another one is, so it's, this is, this is my, uh, this is my property management software company. Bright side, they they are going to hate this if they hear this. I'll I'll tell them I need to listen. So these guys, they're small, they're relatively local to the Smoky Mountain area. They don't just have Smoky Mountain clients, but they're out of Maryville, which is just a town over from from Pigeon Forge. Their property management software is visually very slim, but operationally like incredibly robust. And you know, I don't we we love them. I want to say that first and foremost, but we also know like just because you love and trust somebody, don't stay blind to what else is out there. So like 
And plus, I've just gotten to know so many people with other property management software companies. I take the demos. I have the conversations. And I just see what else is out there. And they all know this already because we've already laughed about it. But like Mm -hmm. nothing compares to Brightside as Mm -hmm. far as the the extent to what it's capable of. Like, That's a big endorsement. I endorse them all the time. And then not only is it operationally that impressive, like, you know, if you talk to Hopper, if you talk to Wimstay, which we we want to sign up with with Wimstay. I've just been so slow in making that happen. But like you talk to any of these these other what what's the word for your vendor companies, right? Yeah. And if they've heard of Brightside, their opinion of Brightside is it, it is wonderful. Like they're smart, they're quick, they pick up the the phone. They extend hospitality to them like they're really easy to work with, which is what I experienced. So they're treating me incredibly like they're treating me us like we're their only clients. It sounds like they're treating everybody like they're their only clients. They mm. they pick up the phone. They respond to the emails. You're never left waiting. They're never they never give you uh, a ticket number. I can have an idea and pitch it to them and they'll be like, OK, well, give us a few months and we'll we'll make that happen. Or I can pitch them an idea and they'll be like, you know what, that's actually not going to take too long. I can get that done in a day, you know. Mm -hmm. And so like they're tailoring it to you and they're they are giving hospitality to the hospitality companies. Like it's it's incredible. And so it's It's so rare it's for a tech company to do that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just seems to be unheard of anymore. And so. And they're also, I think they're also careful about who they bring on and they want to enjoy their partnerships and they don't want to scale too quickly. And I know people would love to buy right side out, but they're happy with what they do. Same with us. So like, I kind of see a mirror. Oh, they're also family owned and operated. So I kind of see like, I see us and them. I think they kind of see them and us, but like, I just have so much respect for what they're doing. And I think that they could teach software companies a thing or two like seriously like the sarah and t podcast the i've had it with like three or four people have had it with their property management software companies being so hard to get a hold of somebody was like it's like being on a comcast call that's so scary this runs everything for you that's so i can't i can't imagine being put put through that so sarah and t were just talking about like you know software companies listen to what people want listen to what they need doesn't have to be that difficult. They're not just speaking in technical terms. They're speaking in customer service terms, communication. And I just feel like Brightside could seriously teach these vendor companies how to be better to their clients in this space. But these are not the kind of guys who would ever want to be on stage. So that's why I say I bet they're cringing right now. Like, I don't know if that would ever happen, but I just I I wanted to say it on the podcast. Because like this company could teach these other companies a thing or two about hospitality. Those are those are my favorite. My favorite people to get on stage are the ones that don't want to be on stage because <laughs> they probably deserve to be on stage the most compared to most. So I love yep. that, and I've never heard of Brightside to be honest. So like, shout out to them if they're listening. I'm so sorry, but never heard of it. But I think it's you know the more we can highlight companies like Brightside, the better because obviously. There's a there's a whole point of having an audience, right? I wanted to make a comment to you about Matt Loney. I don't know okay. if your ears were burning at like five in the morning one time because that guy wakes up at ungodly hours to 
to work and get ahead of the day. But I had uh, a, a night of very little sleep. And I remember like I either had a text from him or I needed to call him or a te- no, I was getting ready to go to the airport. I was like, screw it. It's four in the morning. I'll just text him. He'll get it when his phone's on. Do not disturb or when he's awake. Literally five minutes later, text back. So yeah, call me anytime. I'm up. I was like, what? Why are you up? He's like, dude, I'm up at like three in the morning yeah. working and doing emails and all this other stuff. I'm like, what time do you go to bed? He's like seven. I was like, oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> like, what do you do? Put your kid down to bed and then all of a sudden just go to bed yourself. And so sorry, yeah. Matt, if you're listening. But like, you work crazy <laughs> just- hours, my friend. And But he is one of those just genuine guys you could talk to about anything. He'll give you honest opinion. Super smart. And we were talking about you. So I was like, man, I wonder if her ears are burning at like 5 a.m. Because we were talking about you with their their podcast, Guest X. And we're like, we should hire Lauren to be the the host. Like she needs to take over the pod. She needs to, yeah. Oh, we were going, we were, we were conniving. We were planning pretty deep. Like we were going to have, oh, like, what? We're, we're like, okay, she's going to do this. And this is the show. We're going to build this whole concept around Lauren, basically. And then Matt and Brian just ran out of bandwidth and, so did I. And then we just never did anything with it. So yep, there's a podcast with your name on it. So just oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And also sounds awesome. But I podcast, I would tune in for sure. I would for <laughs> sure be it. Somebody had asked me, like, do you plan on ever doing a podcast? And I was like, no, I don't think I would ever actually take it upon myself to just to just up and do a podcast right now. I I don't I just like if if somebody handed it to me on this beautiful plate, like it sounds like you guys might do <laughs> with the general concept and game plan, I might could get behind that. I think I got an all right podcasting character, like voice text, or whatever. Text Matt Loney. Yeah. Podcast off ground. All right, cool. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> But honestly, like I, I'm so still just ingrained with the operations and my people, and I have so much fun just, just focusing on every everybody's experience within my company. That like I don't, I and I love my own personal time too. So like I don't yeah. see myself taking away from business or taking away from home to, to create a podcast when there's so so many good ones out there, you know, and there's, there's so time. many good ones. Good um, and bad, but they're all out there. There's a lot. <laughs> guilty, guilty yeah. of being part of it. But yeah, just the the amount of podcasts from 2018 to today for me in this space is just like holy crap. There's some that have been around for like two years I haven't even heard of, and all of a sudden I get introduced, and then I'm like, oh wow, okay, nice, another one to the list. So there's there's a ton, a lot. Yeah. Who who yeah. who'd have thought? The question I get asked all the time, and I would love to know if you get asked something like this too. But everyone's like a podcast network for hospitality. Like how that seems a little niche. Like isn't that kind of small? And I was like, actually, you'd be surprised. And I'm curious to know: Do people get shocked when you kind of tell them, like, "Hey, I run a vacation rental management company in the Smoky Mountains," and blah 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 blah? Do people ever question you, like, "Oh, like"? Is that enough business to be like a business? It seems like a small niche. Like, I don't know. If, do you ever get stuff like that, especially around our industry when it comes to short-term rentals and the types of characters that we have, you know, involved now? You know, I've never gotten it quite like that, but the response is, it's very similar. There, somebody will be, so they'll just, oh, like Airbnb. You do like, yeah. you do like yeah. Airbnbs. Yeah. 
And so you just kind of be like, oh, no, no, we are, you know, 29 year old family owned and operated business. We've been doing it before Airbnb. Airbnb can take a few notes. Ha ha ha. We get to laughing. <laughs> and then I just like just dive into to what I'm doing. And I, I love it so much. I'm so passionate about it that like I really I hype up what we're doing, the Smoky Mountains. And so by the end, people are like radicalized on vacation rentals. And I just and so like I've become friends with her name is Jessica. She owns and runs PigeonForge.com. It's like a DMO in the area. And she and I have just gotten, she approached me one day at a, like a breakfast and she was like, hey, I love your videos. I think we're cut from the same cloth. We both seem to be weirdos. And so we exchanged numbers and we've been like inseparable ever since. Um, but she just lets me nerd out on conversations about hospitality and vacation rentals and everything that goes into it. And I'm sending her link, LinkedIn links and she's right there with me, nerding out with me. She's fascinated by it too. And so, you know, she'll tell me from time to time, she'll be like, Oh, threw you out there again. Just, I told him, you know, I told him everything that you were telling me. So like, I, I, I get people hyped, hyped up on it. I mean, how, how could you not be? I think what, I think our industry is just fascinating. It's very fascinating. fascinating. Very fascinating. Yeah. The characters, the concepts, the content, all the above. Like it's so oh. many. It's just it's ongoing. It's never ending for me. I just feel like there's. I, I've had a lot of people be like, "Okay, you you know, how many podcasts are you ever afraid like you can run out of guests?" And it's like, no, because there's so many people doing this, at a professional level, at a host level, that are just so fascinating. And I think that's the coolest part about kind of what we do right like you get to meet so many cool guests especially i love that you guys are local like you have an office you have people in person and my company we don't we're like we're spread out we have no in person anything which sucks because i i'm now after three years of being a work from home you know person man i want to be at your office playing jenga you know like i like i miss that type of stuff so i yeah so like it's just not a lot of, I don't know. It's just a very, it's one of those industries. I just think it's special and I'm sure other industries say the same thing about theirs, but I just truly think you look at hospitality as a whole and the sliver of pie that short-term rentals and vacation rentals take up. It, it's insane. Like it's endless. It's very much endless. And so there's so many opportunities to do cool things to talk to cool people. I've always told even like my nieces who are just now getting into like, graduating high school and about to graduate high school and moving from middle school to high school. And my number one thing for them when they were talking about getting a job, I'm like, look, my first job, I was a sign flipper for pizza, uh, little Caesar's <laughs> pizza. And then I washed dishes for like three hours at the end. But I honestly think if you don't know what you want to do after high school, work in a hospitality business, you'll have so many pieces of whether it's accounting, guest service, security, you know, technology, maintenance, house, like there's so many like operations and logistics. There's so many industries and skill sets that we touch that can really like amplify anyone's career by just working in a hotel, working in a vacation rental management company, like having that type of experience and getting exposed to the different businesses inside of it. Yeah. It's just, it's endless. So I think that's like my always go-to advice for people younger than me. It's like, if you don't know what to do, go work at a hotel, go work at a vacation rental. You'll, you'll find something like there's almost everything for everybody. That's fantastic. That is so true. It's, it's like one business, but it's operating reservations. It's operating maintenance, 
laundry, housekeeping, like it's all these businesses within one, basically. Yeah. Wow. And they can, and the guests and the vacations and the member, like they can just yeah. kind of like be like, what, what tickles my fancy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like marketing, so like, marketing's a big role. Like you, what you guys do, like you could be the marketing manager at Auntie Bellums and you could just be editing funny videos all day long. That could be your job. Like <laughs> not saying you're hiring for that, but you know, like that could literally be someone's day to day, like in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Right. Right. It's, and it's like, oh man, especially when you're family owned and operated, it's like grassroots as it gets, like you just do anything. You just do anything. Yeah. That's another thing that makes the videos possible. I can literally just do anything. I only have my dad to answer to. <laughs> and now a bear costume that you have to like maintain. <laughs> oh God. That, yes. Yes. She's she's still doing all right. She's shedding so much though. Oh my gosh, it's just gonna wither away one day. Oh no, it's like crazy. Oh, no. oh, oh, it's so wild. Kind of off topic, but kind of similar. But like somebody being like, really, that kind that sounds kind of niche and just like making assumptions and stuff. So somebody because I do the videos, I don't think they realize that I'm still running a business and you know like i'm still doing actual business stuff they think i just like do videos and and and, and marketing and stuff and so they were like i was working with a, a content creator or she's just like a brand ambassador basically stayed and then made videos and stuff she did a very good job but she was like if you wouldn't mind reaching out to your actor in the bear costume i do just have like one line for them and i was like oh i'm the bear she said you're the bear and i was like yeah she said how do you have time to be the bear and do the, the do the social networking? And, I, and I'm just like, well, I just, I, d I don't have time to hire an actor. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious that she, she thought I was hiring an actor for, for the bear. Wait, so you're telling me know. that you do more than just make videos and content all day long? What the heck? Right. Who would have thought? Right. Yeah. No. You literally actually knew your shit. Yeah, my mom, I think, is in that world of like, oh, I see your podcast on Facebook. Man, you have so much time to do other things outside of podcasting. What do you do all day? I'm like, what? You think I just do that one episode and I'm out? I'm like, see, I just made my money. Let's go. Yeah, there's so much more, right. mom. Yeah, it's like, come on. I'm just times. good at podcasting about hospitality experiences out of thin air. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I do. That's it. There's no people to work with. There's no editing. There's no nothing. There's no scripting, no planning. Yeah. No running a team of 30 yeah. other podcasts. Yeah. The whole thing. Ooh, but man. yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun times. But enough about me. I want to, like, I know we're running over our normal slick talk runtime, but I, I think there's a lot of, and I, I feel so bad for all the listeners. We have jumped topics and I love it because I think it's just a natural vibe of like how we are as humans. But going into the voices thing again, I'm curious to know, you mentioned Matt, you mentioned yeah. Brightside, and I, I want to know kind of your stance on, because you made a comment too, and you made it around Matt saying, not that Matt's a new voice, but more of a relevant voice. And I think a lot of people, when I least did my post that you and I kind of went back and forth on. And for all the listeners, I'll tag all the posts that me and Lauren are kind of talking about, but going into when, I, when we talk about voices, right? Right. We're not talking about when we say new voices, we're not talking about young where it's like someone who's 21 and is a new voice. Like we're talking about new voices in the sense of relevancy and amplification. I think mostly I could be maybe picking some wrong words there, 
But just because you've been in the industry for a long time doesn't mean you're an old voice, right? Like you're not old because you've been in the industry. You just are a voice that has existed prior to most people. And at the end of the day, it's all about relevance on the topic. And like the way you use that voice, I think specifically is kind of what I'm learning with mm-hmm. podcast and kind of growing and, and I hate the term influence, but like it, when you create something like this, you, you have that word that usually gets attached to you. So anyways, I, without rambling and trying to deteriorate from the, the, the topic, you know, we've seen some, some drama in the industry with, bigger operators or operators have been in have been an older voice quote unquote you know throwing some shade throwing throwing a little bit of flair to the content and we see people buy into this and it obviously i get it from a marketing standpoint bravo good job you're you're getting people to engage with your stuff is it the way i would go about it not even close but i get i get there's uh different strokes for different folks i would love to know your kind of thought on the power of voice and like the way you use yours through funny content and you you know uniting the community of vacation rental operators that are focused on you know highlighting the good and rather than the bad and other things like that because i think you've done a really well or done a really good job at that through not just your content but the way you present yourself yes you can be funny and silly on videos but at the end of the day i look at you as a lead like we were just talking about making a podcast around you right like let's create something because you're a voice i think is relevant you have a really good approach and you have really good intentions with that sincerity and like hospitality focus. So I would love to know your overall perspective on all of that when it comes to voices and the way they're used and X, Y, and Z. Wow. Will <laughs> that question was all over the place. I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to answer here. Cause I got really excited listening to your question that I actually forgot that I, I would be the one to have to answer that at the end. Yes that post so that i you know i was actually i was actually formulating that post shortly after the verma executive summit which which was amazing i i loved the hotel where we were at got to hang out with some amazing people we had a nice little drunken pull day at the tail end before we had to, to catch our flights so it that was... by the way that post that <laughs> that picture of you and robin craigan and like everybody there oh. i was gosh i was fomo for sure Star studded. It was a star studded event. Yeah. And I felt like a star at that. I've never been to such a nice establishment before. My room service bill, poolside bill, so high. I was definitely, that was definitely like therapy that week. (laughs) But okay. So it was amazing. And I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat. But my takeaways weren't so much from the content I was hearing. Or, you know, what I was was seeing on screen, my biggest takeaway was how the room was reacting to the panels or the speakers or to whatever was going on stage. So I thought it was going to be very like radically different from Verma Verma. And in ways it very much was. But the ways in which it wasn't is kind of what made me think these things and then create this post. Essentially, what, what I was seeing was it was the executives coming to this. It was the executives. It was high level. It should, it should have been like highly involved, um, almost. I was expecting workshops and stuff. Mm. So I, I was seeing people like desperate to ask their questions to the person on stage. Like even though they, 
they might have never said, like, I'm going to be taking Q&A. People were raising their hands. A couple times, somebody just shouted their question. And then they would, they would do their question. There'd be some back and forth. They'd continue pressing the speaker, pressing the, span, the panel or whatever to get more information. Because, like, now is their chance to ask these impressive figures these questions. They might not get it again. And it's going to be a relevant question because it's coming from an executive from a property management company, like very specific types of people in this room. People were just desperate to interact, desperate to ask questions, desperate to workshop. Like I just saw how badly people wanted involved, I guess. And so I was just thinking, you know, you're still going to have to have panels. You're still going to have to have speakers. It's up to them to do things differently when they're given the stage. So I was like, okay, if, if I were given the stage, kind of how, how would I do things? But it all boiled down to just like, it is so crucial with the amount, that, with the expenses that goes into it, the time that goes into it, the energy, the recovery, when you get back from it, the, the, the fire hose. And it's like not really a fire hose of in-depth information. It's like, it's like scrolling on social media. It's just like blah, 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 blah. You get these little nuggets, largely for, for me, like I get these little nuggets, I take them home, I expand on them over time. But yeah, it just was, it was just, and I'm, please know that I'm at the, with the executive summit, I'm not saying anything was irrelevant, far from it. They were talking about the storm that's coming and the contingency plans, like, it was hyper relevant. I just saw how much more people wanted, how much more involved they wanted to be. And so, yeah, that's that's when I was like, it's just people are so desperate for wherever they give their time and attention in a room with the speaker. They are they just want so badly that 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 nugget, that fruit and for the information to be relevant. For that information to be, what did I say here? Relevant, actionable, and positive impacts. Like those nuggets, I came, I come home, I expand on them, I turn those into actionable items. There are so many times where I where I feel like, oh my God, I could get these people an actionable item right here. Like here are the three things. If you're interested in doing X, here are the three things that you should go home, literally jot, jot them down, jot your ideas down. Or, or, you know, find the information and put it in one place. But like, like, I want to give people actionable items. We see it on LinkedIn all the time. People giving each other actionable items, inspiring each other, encouraging each other, giving each other ideas and stuff. Like, we need that same thing in the conference setting. And I know it's tricky because like, you either got to pay people to go up on stage or they have to be selling something. Vendors, you know, there's got to be some practicality involved you can't just put your favorite people on stage and say let's let's learn from them because it is a business you know so that just like i don't it just it made me realize like there does need to be change and that change needs to be motivated by the people who want and benefit that change so it needs to be the people speaking out and being like that's who I think that I can learn more from. And I'm just like 100 other companies, 200 other companies. So if I'm wanting to hear from them, surely their information is going to be relevant to, to a bunch of other people. But like, we are their audience. So we really need to take it upon our, ourselves 
to make it very clear what we want to see, what we want to hear, what we want to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's it, so new voices. We, we, you know, new voices is not new to the scene. I, I really don't want to hear from anybody who's new to the scene. You know, everybody on my list, and we just got through two people, have been doing this for years, years, decade, two decades longer. But they're just now coming into their own or doing really impressive stuff or, you know, feeling really proud about themselves or finally get a grasp on something and being like, I, I can share this with others because I care about the long game, not my immediate game and hoarding my tricks and my secrets and just doing things for, for me and myself and I, somebody will copy you eventually, you know, but like sharing it because I care about the long game and I want good investors in this market and yada, yada, yada. So like everybody on my list has been, has been doing it for years, but I've never sat down and listened to them when they're on stage that, you know, and they're who I want to hear from because their perspective is relevant to the majority of people in the room, not in the room. So yeah, new voices. I'm not saying I want to hear from new people, just people who, who could create a lot of good fruit from being given a stage. I love that. And you know, the, the big takeaway from your answer, but also from what I've been seeing, because I've only attended the VRMA International Conference as that mm-hmm. organization puts on conferences outside of that the first two years i was there just to meet everybody i've never met on linkedin where it's like mm-hmm. hey we we interact we we engage we've collaborated you on the show blah 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 that was like kind of my first initial the, this last year in vegas was my first year i was like i'm gonna go to at least three i needed to give myself a rule of three go to three talks three panels something just go absorb some content outside of networking in the vendor hall I will say what you said, the audience wants more. We're obviously there to absorb as much as we can through the fire hose that conferences are, whether it's VRMA or not. There's tons of other conferences I've walked away from and I'm like, I need the recovery time because of that. But I think the audience becoming more than the the audience, right? Like I always challenge myself and like within our podcast and we're like, how do we get beyond the audio? How do we get listeners to go beyond the audio? How do we get VRMA at conference attendances or attendees beyond becoming an audience member? How do we get them involved in the conversation? How do we, and I've had the most takeaway moments from conferences like VRMA through those conversations, through sitting at a panel, hearing five people talk, taking maybe one or two things away and then turning, you know, once they let us loose, turning to the people next to me or whoever I'm there with and talking about it and going deeper. Right. And like, I think that's the hardest part at a conference setting is to go deeper and more and yep. less, unless you're at a retreat, right? Like I know Matt Landau is doing his Keystone retreat. So that's something like, I feel like I can get I $5,000 mm. to be there for sure. Like get, get me in. I want to be, I want to go deep. I don't want to go wide and like kind of surface level. So I think that, conf- that is what our industry needs. He's yeah. onto it. He's yeah. onto it. Yes. Yes. He's building something incredible. And they, you know, they hype it up with a post after it's all said and done. The long-term lasting effects on dozens of people is, is so impressive. So good on you, Matt. Good on you, man. 100%. Thank you. 
Yeah. So how, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just no. He's just doing double work. No, I love Matt. And anytime I'm in Miami, I always hit him up. I'm like, let's get a beer now. He's a great guy. I would love to know for you, how does, or and maybe you're even thinking, how does this conversation, how does the audience become, go beyond be, being the attendee, right? Like, I think, how do mm. we as an industry create a stage that can go deeper? Maybe without having to attend a retreat, without having to attend VRMA, because even in podcasting, like, yes, we have a good reach, but man, it's still creating the stage is the hardest part. I think you can have the conversation. It's creating the environment and the stage and the ability to carry it through going deep. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, it's something I'm thinking about all the time mm -hmm. and knowing that you and I are very much in line with the way we see this kind of conversation happening. I'm always curious what other people think. So I'd love to know if you have any thoughts on it, just what that looks like to you. Yeah. So like one of the things after last Burma that I started doing, it's like, five other women property managers we we get together zoom we zoom for like one hour every month we're pretty good about it sometimes we have to put things off but every month with no agenda whatsoever it's just like all right who wants to kind of jump into this first and largely we're starting off with like here's kind of the problem that i've been having this week here is how I've handled it. Do you guys think I handled that right? Do you have any advice? Or I'm gearing up for this meeting and I am so anxious about it. And I, you know, I'm I'm worried that I'm just like gonna get too hyped up on this and forget to focus. Like, has anybody done been through this before? You know, what what do you guys think is fair wages for this position? Or I'm thinking about letting this person go. Can I run some of the scenarios by you guys? So like it's five women in a room. We're from different markets and we're going deep, candid, wearing ourselves and our hearts on our sleeves. So like that little group was pretty much formed out of like, I think the trust is pretty mutual here. I think the trust and respect is pretty mutual here. Like you can't just throw anybody together and no. think it's going to be as fruitful and as healthy as, as this has proven to be. But yeah, this like, there's no NDA, but we live like by an NDA. And we're helping each other s solve real problems, give each other actionable items. I might be talking and somebody's like, oh my God, that's good. Hold on one second. When you're done, I want to touch back on that. And then she tells me something she's done similar. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. You know, like that is like having a stage, workshopping down at the tables with the people, letting them raise their hands, Q&A. It goes on for one hour, but then we have each other's numbers. And we can or we can stay online for a bit longer. And it's just creating that time, putting it on the calendar, working your month around that to make it happen. And then anything can go. And half of us will have we know what we want to talk about. The other half will just, you know, vibe and riff. And and but that's been like that's been incredible. And that's very akin to, to the networking that happens in between classes and over meals. And after hours, it's as powerful as the networking and as actionable as we hope the, the, the discussions and panels and presentations go. Like it's, 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 it's all those things. It's, it's, it's been so supplemental throughout the year. I used to look forward to the conferences because it's like, it's so good to go and know you're in the same boat with all these, these people. And then you're sad when it's over. 
Well, it's just like been supplemental through throughout the year and you're helping each other, helping each other improve. You're helping each other improve. Like when you're going to a panel, you should be there expecting for somebody to help you improve. Yeah. Anyway, you, you should expect to go to these conferences and improve yourself, improve your teams, improve your business. I love it. I, I think you and I, I love that answer too. I think the intentionality behind finding that group that has trust established as a base to already continue the ongoing conversations had at the conference, had at the networking, had at that is such a good thing. I, a lot of us, I look forward to conferences so much because of, I know I'm going to be in the room with some of my favorite people. I'm going to meet so many new people, but yeah, then like you said, the post-conference blues come in and I'm sad for like three days after, and then I get back on my horse and I keep going. I think mm -hmm. supplementally, you know, ingraining that into our everyday is so important. And being an operator, it's so hard to force yourself to allow some stuff like that that aren't work, but they're work adjacent, maybe mm -hmm. to to come in because you're like, no, I gotta, I gotta put my head down. I gotta do this. I gotta build. Blah blah blah. So I think the answer is a great answer. And I gave you a heads up on this before we started, but we've gone way over our normal slick talk runtime. And so I want to I want to respect your time because I know you have probably more to get back to today. I'm sure I like I could probably like I could talk to you all day. I know this. I think we could do I, I think like, we seriously. could easily have a five hour podcast going if we wanted. But <laughs> that that will be for by the end just slurring. <laughs> slurring just completely not making sense. But hey singing every word to Bohemian Rhapsody oh. together. Don't even get me started. He's just a poor boy in a poor family. Oh, we are going serious. so far. I love it. Okay. okay. Yes. Focus. I want all the podcast listeners to go to the YouTube version or the live version on LinkedIn and watch this stuff because it's hilarious. I love our interactions. It's great. Okay. So I gave you a heads up. Every guest before the next guest gets to ask a question without knowing anything about them, who they are, what their name is, etc. So you had a guest before you named Kevin Reardon, who operates two hotels out in Jersey Shore area, but he got started with short-term rentals first with his dad and it was around the same time period as you, 2014, no, not 2014. He got started around 2014. His okay. question to you, what's one book that you would say has changed your life? Wow. Changed my life. Well, to avoid being heady about some of the personal revelations, a lot of people are going to like this answer and probably have read this book. But The Art of Hospitality has really been incredible because it's it's honestly hard to it's an easy read, but it's hard to get through because you're jotting notes all the time. It's given me so many good ideas. It's it's just highlighted some of the good ideas that I've had. And I'm just like, ah, you know, and then you hear it in this book from this impressive character saying that he's put into action some of the ideas and thoughts that you've had. Like, oh, it just it. Yeah, it 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 continues to make positive improvements in my life. I have a whole like it's several pages in a notebook of ideas from un unreasonable hospitality that I am in, in expanding on and fleshing out and trying to create projects 
from. And it's all geared towards guest satisfaction, of course, because that's what he's all about. Unreasonable yeah. hospitality. Truly next level, unnecessary hospitality. And so so that one, it's just that is an incredibly fruitful book. No matter how much time you give it, you will walk away with relevant, something relevant, something actionable and something positive to benefit from yourself, but to absolutely benefit your teams. That is a book for for everybody. So yeah, I'd say Unreasonable Hospitality. I'm not finished with it yet because I've started so many projects as a result of it. That's a great sign. Yeah. That means it's, it's having its yeah. impact. So it's changing your life. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's a great book. I, I started listening to it on my way home from Barcelona and I have not finished it yet because I like to read and listen at the same time. I'm a little weird, but I haven't gotten the book in the mail yet. So it's actually a great, if you get distracted really easily when reading a book, it's game changing. Listen to the audio audible version while you read. Yeah. Game changer. It's a little slower. I'm not going to lie. You have to listen to someone talk and have pauses and all that stuff, but it helps me if I truly want to focus, I, I can't, do it any other way so oh i think i yeah when you said that i was like whoa that could actually very much work for me yeah Yeah, i'm a terrible reader same same uh lauren i love talking to you i i need to know if without knowing who's next on the podcast at all whether they're in the industry or not what's your one question for them that you would love to know anything under the sun no no what's the last thing that's happened to you at the office, be it with a guest or with your coworkers and your peers, that was like genuinely hilarious. Like y'all laughed, y'all had a great time. Somebody almost peed their pants. And like you had the thought like uh, this, like th- there could be a TV show about this. Like this could be a scene. This could be an SNL skit. Like when's the last time just something genuinely hilarious has has happened at work and what was that yeah i love that this, that'll be a good story so maybe we'll put that in the beginning of the next episode so we can all get a good laugh before the podcast runs yeah <laughs> it'll be yeah. Probably worth it i love it okay so lauren the the next and last final question that i have for every guest no matter what i think i can already assume the answer for you but i want to give you an opportunity if you had one link to share with the listeners to connect with you beyond the podcast, because I'm all about going mm-hmm. beyond the audio. What would that one link be? Oh, it would be up? to to our link tree. And I don't know what that link is. Off the top of my head, link tree the, slash Annie Bellum's cabin rental, something like that. It would be our link tree. This is what we have created a QR code out of built a cute little branding thing, put it on all of our refrigerators, but the link tree, this is where I give them the coupons for all the the local businesses that I work with to get my guests like exclusive discounts. This is also where I've, we've written up our recommendations. Like what can you do in 48 hours and a weekend trip? Like here's our genuine local recommendations. Done it, had a blast. Wine, wine recommendations, coffee places. I give family recipes in that. I teach you how to be a good friend to the Smoky Mountains. If you're going to go into the Smoky Mountains and occupy time and space and be there and eat, like how can you be good to those mountains that are so good to you? You're here because of them. Like give give something back. And 
And that's where, you know, we post our videos as well. Our website's on there too, of course. But that's just like all of our fun stuff. Like that's that link tree is how we have fun. And so I, th- I think like the caption on it is it might be your vacation, but we like to have fun too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I am making sure we're getting that link tree. All the listeners like and subscribe to that link tree. I think that's going to become our new weekly source as slick talkers in the world to constantly go to and reference to because I think we all need a little bit of not just your vacation, it's ours too type of vibe in mm-hmm. our life. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that a ton. Lauren, holy, yep. like, holy shit, we've gone almost two hours completely on a sober on a podcast. So I wanted to say thank you for all the listeners. You're not getting the full two hour version. We had a couple off road, you know, off road moments and I am here for them. So, but I just, I, I can't believe I I'm actually not shocked to be honest, like out of the one person that I was looking forward to having a podcast with, I kind of figured you were the one that we could go super long, like, hours so i just am really thankful for the time you put in and just the conversation and yeah all the fun all the the laughs along the way it's been great me too man and y'all the reason that a lot has to be edited out is because we kind of forgot we were on a podcast sometimes (laughs) and went deep got weird but yeah no it's it's been it's been so easy and so enjoyable i would do this with you anytime let's do this over some beverages sometime. Yep. 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 And I'm just sad I can't give you a hug right now because I'm confident it would be such a good hug. Amen. I'm a big hugger. I'm a big fan of hugging. I think hugging needs to happen more. Whether we're, yeah, especially the virtual. Okay. Like for anyone listening to, it's so wild to see people on a virtual, like I see your profile picture every day on LinkedIn through a post or a comment or something like that. And then like meet you in person. I'm just like, I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be epic. It's going to be the vibes, the energy, big, big yes. hug, energy, big hug, energy. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much again for all the listeners. Thank you for staying through and getting to this point in the podcast. We love and appreciate you. So like, and subscribe to the link tree in the link in the show notes below. And we will make sure to see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.